0: The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been beyond the game. The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed. It's a faith-based sports radio program.
1: We would be honored if you would join us.
0: The ladies are digging my sweet bass.
1: I also really don't care.
2: No, I'm saying I could have done with speed though, because I do that every time I golf.
1: Are
0: you really that ignorant? Yeah. You guys are so young and stupid. Get ready. Here we go. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Beyond the Game program. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, and you can call Town & Country at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. I'm Rick Benson, and along with me is the champion of Movember, Zach Barletta. How how old were you when you started shaving like second grade?
1: <laughs> I don't actually remember it. That's how long ago it was.
0: Good night. You know I played a, against a kid in little league that had facial hair and I was this was like what? 40 years ago because I had to be like 12 years old and perhaps time has shaped my memory just a little bit, but I remember he was taller than all the other kids and he had some facial hair. Now it probably wasn't a full-blown beard even though you know 40 years later that's how i recall it but he was pretty intimidating for sure because of his facial hair and his height
1: and his wife and kids stayed in the car while he was <laughs> playing in this little league game
0: you just took my joke because i was going to say oh. and you should have seen his wife oh
1: my bad uh,
0: you know i enjoy sports zach and i i love the competition i love the skills and i follow most every sport i i You know, not everything equally, of course. Uh, You know, uh, there are some sports I follow more closely than others. Sure. But I have at least an awareness of what's going on in those sports as I, you know, the the ones that I should say I don't follow as closely as, say, baseball. I at least know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But baseball has always been that first love of mine uh, Mm -hmm. when it comes to sports, but sadly now... The season is over, and it's hard to explain. And don't laugh, but I feel like now there's this void. (laughs) You know, there's something that's going to be missing. I'm going to be flipping through the channels, and I know there are other things, but I'm going to be searching for that for for the baseball. And um, yeah, I follow hockey, I follow football, I follow basketball, but in my world, it might as well just snow every day now because (laughs) baseball's over.
1: I kind of get that. I've been watching so much hockey that like I it's not gonna be that hard for me because I was watching more hockey than baseball anyways, but I will miss checking to see what certain teams and players were doing. You know I'm gonna go to check the baseball scores and there won't be any.
0: So. Well hockey is like the second love for me, mm-hmm. so it, it always transitions well. but I wish I wish the MLB network would cover some winter league baseball. I don't know why they don't. At least you'd be able to watch a little baseball here or there, maybe scratch the itch a little bit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess also once it gets going, I enjoy the World Baseball Classic. Mm -hmm. Once it gets going, the United States this week submitted its preliminary roster. And of course, it is just that it's preliminary. I mean, there's like 50 players on this thing, and they're (laughs) not all going to be on this team. Right. But none of those players is Bryce Harper or Mike Trout. Scott Boris, who's Harper's agent, says that the key thing for players is routine. The key thing for Harper certainly is to focus on conditioning and getting ready for the season. I can get that, right? I I can get down with that. Even without Harper, even without Trout, and of course those names can still be added, but even without those guys, there's some pretty good names on this roster. Chris Bryant, Eric Hosmer, and I say preliminary roster. Noah Syndergaard, Chris Archer, Andrew Miller, Buster Posey, David Price, Max Scherzer, Giancarlo Stanton, just some. I mean, I can't blame a player if they decline in order to focus on on their pro season. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, what are they going to remember more, playing in the World Series or winning the WBC?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's the World Series. Right
0: you know, playing in a postseason MLB game or playing in the World Baseball Classic. They're gonna remember the 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 postseason. That's what they're focused on. The WC sort of the, the WBC is sort of like a nice consolation prize. It's nice, but it's not really what they're playing for. And if the best players are paid to try to win championships for their pro teams, playing in the WBC becomes second fiddle. You know, for other countries though this is their World Series. Mm-hmm. You know, they get pretty jazzed up about this thing. I'd like to see Trout on Harper playing, but even without them, I think this roster is good enough to at least draw my interest.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's an all-star team. Those are a lot of really good players.
0: Here's the problem, though. It's darn spring training. So it's not really filling a void for me because baseball mm-hmm. has got a, gotten going. You know, it might just be games in Florida, but, You know, when you've sat all winter with no baseball, you're excited about that. And it doesn't, you know, but I guess what are you going to do? You can't really break up the players' off seasons. You know, they're not going to want to do that. And you can't really run it during the season. Uh, They'd get even fewer of the best players if that were the case. You know, maybe countries could field teams without using any major leaguers at all, use college players and recent retirees maybe. Maybe you know, the Dominican would have guys like Alfonso Soriano and David Ortiz who may play anyway. I don't know. Uh, The the U.S., Adam LaRoche, Sean Figgins, maybe. Some of these types of guys. With baseball now returning to the Olympics in 2020, let me ask you this. Do you think that the World Baseball Classic has a future?
1: Not if um, baseball stays in in the Olympics. You know, I think it is it in permanently, or is it just for this upcoming no, one in 2020?
0: No, it, it might be this one and the next one, but 2020 for sure, and then I'm not sure after that. I, I know it wasn't a permanent addition. Once again, it's on a, I don't know what they call it, a trial or a probation.
1: I think if it gets in the Olympics on a permanent basis, then the World Baseball Classic is not really needed because you're going to have the international competition on an even bigger worldwide stage every few years.
0: And I don't think that American players, anyway, are as passionate about playing in the WBC as they would be in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see them getting on on board with playing in the Olympics, but the WBC they do it. But if they had a choice, if they knew the Olympics were just two years later or a year later, I, I think they're not going to play in the WBC though. But all that remains to be seen. Sticking with baseball, I heard this statement several times prior to Game 7 of the World Series this week, I think I first heard it on Colin Cowherd's show, and then I heard a local sports talk host regurgitate it almost verbatim. I mean, as if it was his own thought. It was word, practically word for word. And, And maybe it was his own thought, but it was just coincidental that it was almost Colin Cowherd's exact take on it. And then I saw a local print columnist say the very same thing. And You know, but then again, this particular columnist—I know—he just says stuff to get a reaction, and you know who knows what he actually thinks because he writes stuff just to get a reaction out of people. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's his job. I'm glad it's not mine, though. Anyway, the comment was that the best thing for baseball was if the Cubs lost a series and continued the streak. That the concept of the—I don't know what you call it—maybe the lovable losers would somehow be a story that could drive ratings, and and without that story, that somehow ratings would suffer. But, you know, actually, now that I think about it, it was Chris Russo's show that I first heard it, and um, I know some of the local guys are just trying to fill time, so they look to these national guys for material, and I realize their opinions may be the same, and Russo's and cowherd's were, but at least each of those guys brought a different perspective, a different take to it, but Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that statement. Do you?
1: No, 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 not at all. I think every sport is better when there's a sport in that team that's so much better than all the others and everyone is chasing them. We saw it with the Warriors. We've seen it with the Patriots. Maybe the Cubs are that team. Maybe they're the target now. But I think watching to see if they can repeat, if they can be the next uh, Yankee dynasty type of deal, I think that's just as interesting of a storyline as the lovable losers, if not
0: more interesting. I agree. And they have so much good young talent that – they don't need a story about a history of losing. Guys like Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, Anthony Rizzo. I mean, that's not enough to build interest around. Of right. course it is. I'm going
1: to watch just to see those guys play, whether they had won on Wednesday night or not.
0: I'm thinking the Cubs are just as big a story next year as they defend their champion mm-hmm. You know, with this great roster. And if Aroldis Chapman stays put, and why wouldn't he considering the depth of that roster? I mean, mm-hmm. you got to, going into it, you got to think this team gives me a pretty good chance of winning yet again. This is a good story. This is, this is something for base. You're going to see the Cubs a lot on Sunday night baseball, wouldn't mm-hmm. you think?
1: Oh, yeah. Even more than you already do.
0: And what about this? What about, both the Yankees and the Red Sox have good, young, exciting rosters. So what about the prospect of a Cubs-Yankees World Series? Well, I mean, that's a great story. Or a Red Sox-Cubs World Series, and yeah. two teams that Theo Epstein broke curses yeah. with.
1: Oh, I would love either of those storylines. And I think they're both very plausible in the next three to five seasons.
0: Right. So I, I mean, I I disagree with that. But now that the Cubs have won, play that clip. We got that. The...
3: He got him! A strikeout! The Cubs win! The Chicago Cubs are heading to the National League Championship Series!
0: Well, that's the wrong clip. But still, you had this opportunity to play a Cubs win clip. How long, you know, you've been waiting yeah, to play this thing for but 108 years. <laughs> now that the Cubs have won, does that mean there's no more worthy stories? I, I, that's just preposterous. I. And I respect Colin Cowherd. I don't always like mm. his program, but I respect him, and I, and I really enjoy Chris Russo, and I know he can be annoying, but I really like his show. But I disagree. And you still have the Indians who haven't won since 1948. That's still a story. Yeah. And, you, and you, if you want to have some fun, you can talk about LeBron James jinxing the Indians with his three games to one <laughs> Halloween deal. Yeah. I mean, things were going swimmingly for the Indians right up until that point. You can make a story about how there are uh, eight teams that have never, never won a World Series. Now, of course, these franchises are not the historic tradition, you know, Chicago Cubs type stories, but never have these teams won. The Texas Rangers, the Houston Astros, the Milwaukee Brewers, San Diego Padres, Washington Nationals, Seattle Mariners, Colorado Rockies, and Tampa Bay Rays. None of them have ever won. Now, with the exception of the Rockies and Rays, they started in the 90s. The Mariners began in, in 1977. But the, all those other teams, they've been around since the 60s, and they've never won a World Series.
1: Can I be the first to say that of that list, I think the Astros have a really good chance in 2017?
0: I, I would agree. And I the Nationals, too. And the Mariners and the Nationals have never even been to the series. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to talk about traditional Franchises: The Baltimore Orioles have not been since '83. The Pirates since '79. Those are significant droughts for what you would consider traditional. Mm-hmm. And what about the Tigers? The Tigers haven't, you know, they're one of baseball's all-time. They they were there in 2012 when they got swept by the Giants. That
1: was Gi- the Giants, was the giants. Yeah.
0: yeah. But they haven't won since 1984. We've got another full show for you today, so please do stick around. We're going to talk a little bit about curses in sports. We'll also get into the Jose Fernandez toxicology reports. Was this something you needed to know? Did this need to be released? Does it change how you feel about Fernandez? We've got some shenanigans discussed, and if we got time, I want to share with you something that frosts my fanny you can find archives of previous broadcasts on our website btgprogram.com you can also keep up with the program on twitter or other social media platforms our social media handle is at btg program websites btgprogram.com we can also be reached via the studio line 585-431-1202 it's not a live line So we invite you to leave your comments on anything, anytime you want to talk about. Leave it right there on our studio line, 585-431-1202. I'm Benson. My friend here with me is Barletta. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.
2: Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. And they have been for the two plus years the show's been on the air. But that's nothing compared to the nearly 30 years of bringing your homes and businesses of unwelcome pests. And I'm not just here reading a commercial script for them. I am a happy and satisfied customer. They have taken care of a mouse, bee, ant, and even fly problem for me. Yes, my house is old and falling apart and I get all sorts of pest problems. And you may too as the colder air creeping in starts to cause critters to seek shelter in your attic, basement, or walls. If you think you have a problem or want to make sure that you don't, Call town and country. They really are the best. They guarantee their work, and did I mention they're the best? Save yourself any more of a headache and money by giving them a call first. Don't waste your time on other companies. Town and Country will do it right the first time, every time. So give them a call today at 585 426 5024. That's 585 426 5024. One more time because someone decided that three is the magic number 585 426 5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God.
3: It's here. Ram Sports Network.
2: Christian Sports Television. That's right, Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian sports TV channel with programming from pee-wee to the pros,
0: games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, western
3: sports, and sports ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at ramsportsnetwork.com or find us on the Roku Channel Store. Ram Sports Network, more, more than a game. Hey.
0: Welcome back to Beyond the Game. We're glad to have you on board for this first Saturday in November. Just seven more weeks or so, Zach, till Christmas. Oh, please don't tell me that. Halloween is over, so the Christmas ads, the songs, they're they're everywhere. It's like Thanksgiving doesn't even matter. I'm not
1: ready. I'm not
0: ready at all. You have young children. Did, did you take them out for Halloween?
1: We didn't. We were going to, and we ended up staying home last minute, but my daughter still had her um costume she was a little pirate this year so we had a little pirate running around
0: i was wondering if you guys like would you be that family that takes your kids out and just leaves a bucket of candy on the porch or would you leave maybe your wife behind or a relative behind the man the door
1: well if it were up to me i would just turn the lights off and pretend like nobody (laughs) was home i'm sort of i guess the grinch that way but um my wife would make sure that we had lots of kids. We we were home and my
0: nobody wife
1: came, so that was cool.
0: My, nobody came to our house either. What does that say about us? Nobody came in, and I was wondering if you went out because the fact that nobody came that means you didn't bother to stop by and you live what, a mile and a half away, you know? Well, here's the
1: best part. We didn't even buy any candy like we totally forgot and we sat home all night. I think I don't know, I think we watched a hockey. No, there was no hockey. I watched the Monday night football game or something. And at the end of the night, I was getting ready to go to bed, and I was like, "Oh, nobody trick or treated. Well, that's <laughs> good because we—I had nothing to give away, so I totally we failed had at Halloween.
0: Full size candy bars too. We don't mess around with the fun size. There's nothing fun about a bite of chocolate. We had full size, so nobody okay. came. Okay, so
1: do you still have full size candy bars?
0: We do, and, and if you're planning to come to my house next Halloween, you can expect full-size candy bars. they will be a right, year well. old full-size candy bars, <laughs> but they're going to be Bet full-size your candy, candy bars.
1: aren't making it that long.
0: Come on. The tragic and unfortunate events surrounding the death of Miami Marlins pitcher Jose Fernandez and his two friends were made even more tragic and unfortunate with the release of toxicology reports which confirmed that the 24-year-old star had both alcohol and alcohol and cocaine in his system, and that he was legally drunk when he was killed in a boating accident last month. Now, there's been no shortage of people with an opinion on this ever since. Uh, people on social media, in the press, offering thoughts on how, uh, on if the reports should have been released publicly and how doing so has changed or perhaps not changed their opinion on the tragedy. Many of the thoughts offered have been well thought out. They're graceful in their tone, but many others are just, you know, they're ignorant, they're shocking, they're lacking compassion, lacking consideration. You know, we all live with consequences of our mistakes. Some of us are subjected to living many years with those consequences. Some of us are fortunate, though, that our mistakes have not been so great that they haunt us all our lives. And For some, the consequences of a mistake is never something that they'll get over. And I don't think anybody debates that this was a mistake, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, It was an error in judgment. It brought about consequences that will not be overcome, certainly for Fernandez. And for others, they're going to live many years with the consequences. His pregnant girlfriend, a soon-to-be firstborn child. But I saw one guy in regards to the public release of the reports, he said, tough he's a public figure what i mean what does that really mean he's a public figure and i know what it means but in reality isn't everyone a public figure just some more widely than others
1: yeah well the thing that really bothers me about that is that true he was a public figure jose fernandez but he's dead his girlfriend's not a public figure his unborn son's not a public figure and they're the ones along with his surviving family, who are being hurt by this news the most.
0: I I agree with you, Zach. I I think each of us have probably made mistakes in our past, which we can be grateful are not released in some sort of Mm -hmm. public document. I mean, I can think of a time where I I drove when I shouldn't have. I drove to Florida from New York State. I was trying to make it straight through. That's 26, 27 hours, I suppose. And, man, I— I was I was a danger on the road. I'm, I've am i got my head out the window, the window down. Uh, obviously, the window's down. My head's out of it. You know, the radio all the way up. I mean, I'm doing whatever I can to stay awake. And, man, I was a risk. But God shown his grace and protection on me for whatever reason. And that particular mistake and all my stupidity carried no consequence, no embarrassment, no pain. Not so for the mistake on on Jose Fernandez. And I I guess I understand that the authorities release such reports as part of their procedures, as part of their jobs. But does the media really need to pick up the story? No. I, I mean, what purpose does it serve? And I know that journalists are taught that it's their job. I know that editors are racing each other to get the story out. But sometimes a decent thing to do sometimes is to just not ask certain questions. Maybe they did not even pick up the story at all, uh, keeping certain details out of the public eye. I mean, what difference does it make? At least why now, when it's so fresh on these families and, mm-hmm. and the friends of these men who lost their lives? Uh, as you rightly said, it's not affecting them. It's affecting their families. I mean, what difference would it make if they put this a year down the road? You know, why did, Why release it now? Mm. I, you know, tell the people who have to know. Maybe insurance reasons, maybe, you know, investigations. You let, you inform the family. But the rest of us don't need to know all the gory details. And I, I don't buy that journalist's safe wall when they hide their callousness. When they hide behind statements like, well, it's my job as a journalist, you know, to ask yeah. the question. I
1: had to ask the question,
0: you yeah. know. Right. No, you no, don't. you didn't. Jeff Goldblum has a great line in in Jurassic Park. He's playing Ian Malcolm, the doctor. He says, you were so preoccupied with if you could that you never stopped to ask if you should.
2: Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should.
0: In their rush to be the first to report it, they didn't stop to ask if they should. You know, authorities have yet to identify who the actual driver of the boat was. A lot lot of evidence, I guess, points to the fact that it was not Fernandez, but they're not 100% sure. Yet, because of these toxicology reports being released, there's a lot of people jumping to a conclusion and slamming Fernandez and making all kinds of slanderous statements. Why? What was the necessity of this? I mean, let's be frank. Even without the toxicology report, uh, did you... suspect that maybe alcohol or drugs were involved
1: yeah i don't think it took a rocket scientist to figure that out once you read the details of the accident
0: right am i the only one who thought that a boat ramming into a jetty at a high speed in the pre-dawn hours was somewhat odd Mm -hmm. i mean if you suspected it what difference does having it confirmed make really you kind of thought this all along right Mm -hmm. Uh, listen People don't normally vote at those hours. Nothing good happens after 11 o'clock. You know, obviously it wasn't a foregone conclusion, but you had a pretty good idea. I didn't need a toxicology report to tell me this. And for those of you that are now condemning Fernandez, I don't think it's fair to judge him on one mistake without considering the totality of his life. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm not. But his life is not defined by one foolish moment, much like mine or yours or anybody else's is not. He brought a lot of joy to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he lived a life that was no less praiseworthy as a result of this one foolish mistake. His life was not this one unfortunate moment. You know, everybody that does drugs is not a bad person. Sometimes they are just regular people that are coping with their problems and, you know, in a bad way, Mm -hmm. you know, but they're not bad people to know that a Christian has no compassion. And I've seen Christians make comments and the guy that said tough, he's a public figure claims to be one to dismiss it as well. It's his own fault. So whatever, that's really troubling. You wonder why people don't want anything to do with your Christianity. I mean, that's not Jesus. That's not Christianity that's not true Christianity. You can stand on a street corner all you want and with a bullhorn and tell people they're going to hell, but without compassion, you have very little chance of getting through to them. Jesus knew compassion, but he also was righteous. He knew wrong from right. Consider the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8. The scribes, the Pharisees, they brought Jesus, this woman caught in the very act of adultery, you can almost get a sense of their self-righteousness, their, their their arrogance when reading the account. They didn't bring the dude. They brought the girl. You know, and they're trying to trap Jesus. And it's this that same arrogance, that same self-righteousness is, is the same sense I get when I read some people's comments about Jose Fernandez. In verse 5, they remind Jesus. This is in John chapter 8, verse 5. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What sayest thou? I mean, they wanted to trap Jesus. They couldn't handle his righteousness, his goodness. They were so envious. It ate him up inside. They were looking for something, anything to accuse him of. So they're trying to set him up. Jesus bent down, writes a little something in the dirt with his finger. The Bible doesn't tell us what, but, man, it's, it, don't you just wonder? Mm-hmm. We all wonder. Then he said to the people, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. That's verse 7. And then he continued writing. The Bible tells us that one by one, the accusers were convicted by their own conscience, and they simply left. There was nobody there. So Jesus turns to the woman and asks where her accusers are, and she says, looks around, there aren't any more. And he replies to her in verse 11, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Now, Jesus wasn't light on sin, but he was heavy on love and compassion. Sinful people do what sinful people do. Mm. They sin. And we're all sinful people, and we're all in need of compassion at times. To those casting stones at Jose Fernandez, especially those of you who claim to be Christians, Christ followers, I might say the same thing to you that Jesus said, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast the stone. Jesus is willing to forgive all sins. The thing is to not repeat it over and over. The tragic thing for Jose Fernandez, he's not got that opportunity, that mistake, cost him his life. And forgiven or not, we may still have to live with the consequences of our sins. The person whose drunken driving accident left them in a wheelchair may get forgiveness of sins, but they're more than likely still in the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change the consequence. With better choices, Jose Fernandez, you know, maybe that accident could have been prevented. Maybe you feel differently, but I don't see the sense in immediately releasing the toxicology report, at least publicly anyway. We don't need to know all that. But a hardened response and saying it's just too bad because he brought it upon himself, that's not a true Christian response. A true Christian response is is one of love and forgiveness. You know, you look, to, you, you want to know the true Christian sp- response. You only need to look at the cross. With better choices, perhaps our sins could have been prevented. You know know what it is that trips you up. Is it lust for women, pornography, lying, cheating? Have you stolen something? Sins have cost you your place in heaven. We're forced to spend our lives after we die in hell, paying for the debt of our sins, a debt which can never be repaid. But Jesus Christ is heavy on love and compassion, as I said, and as with the woman caught in adultery, he's willing to forgive you too. But we must accept that. We must actually accept the free gift of eternal life in heaven with him. That means admitting to God that you're a sinner and knowing that the cross is not only true, but it's sufficient for forgiveness. You need to admit to God that you believe Jesus rose from the grave and defeated death, and you need to ask him to forgive you of those sins and accept him as your Savior from an eternity in hell. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Admit to God that you're a sinner. Repent of your sins. Turn away from them. Ask Him to forgive you and save you. If you want to find out more about that, more about becoming a Christian, you can visit our website, btgprogram.com. Feel free to send me an email here to the program. I'm Rick Vincent. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program brought to you by Town & Country. Pest Solutions. All right, here is the Red Hawks report for this week, November 5th, 2016. The Red Hawks report is presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Last Saturday, the men's soccer team closed out its season with a 2 1 loss at home to the University of D.C. This despite the 13th goal in the season by senior Malcolm Shaw. The men finished with a 4 11 1 overall record. It was also a tough weekend for the women's volleyball team as they dropped back-to-back matches on the road by identical 3-0 scores. On Saturday, the Red Hawks fell to the New York Institute of Technology and followed that up on Sunday, bowing to LIU Post. And things didn't go the way they had hoped for the women's soccer team this past Wednesday. The Red Hawks ended its season losing to the University of Bridgeport 4-0 in the East Coast Conference semifinals, and they finished their season with a 10-5-2 record. And as we record this, right now the women's basketball team are in South Bend, Indiana, playing the AP's number one team in the country, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Best of luck to the Roberts ladies, and I hope you do enjoy the experience. Your final two chances to catch the Red Hawks volleyball team are in action are coming up this week. On Thursday at 7 p.m., they will take on Damon College before closing out the season with a new time match next Saturday against Mercy College. That'll be the 12th of November. Head out to the Baller Athletic Center and support the Red Hawks volleyball team as they bring their season to a close. The women's basketball team will kick off the ECC-CACC Challenge next Friday night at the Baller Athletic Center against Nyack College. Tip-off is at 8 p.m. Those are your chances to catch the Red Hawks at home this week. And that concludes the Red Hawks report for this week, November 5th, 2016. The Red Hawks report is presented by Roberts Wesleyan College, and you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC RWCRedHawks. This has been the Red Hawks report presented by Roberts Wesleyan College.
4: Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, President of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA National Championship appearances help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu
0: Welcome back once again and thanks for being with us here on the Beyond the Game program btgprogram.com or at btgprogram It's time for Zach to take us through a few shenanigans statements so take it away my friend.
1: All right Divisional games like last Sunday night's Cardinals-Seahawks matchup should not be allowed to end in ties.
0: You know, I I want to shenanigans. Really? Yeah, nobody likes ties. I get it. Nobody likes ties. But if it comes down to a wild card position between two teams from differing divisions, man, the complaints are going to be awful loud if one team is disadvantaged because their game was allowed to end in a tie because it wasn't divisional. So I say if you're going to take away ties, you got to take them all away. So you got to do it across the board, take them all away, or you can't split them up by division.
1: That makes sense. I hadn't thought about that, but that's a great point, actually. Uh, I agree with this statement, but basically I really agree that no game in any sport should ever end in a tie. I don't care what the sport, especially football, where guys are running each other over for 60 minutes to try and win this game and they have to settle for a tie. I'd, mother, I'd much rather let them play until someone scores than have a tie. And I, I've i heard the idea tossed around of just having a field goal kicking contest until someone misses. That sounds incredibly boring. So I don't know what the solution is, but it's not ties. I would agree. Second, out of all the teams who made, this, who made the playoffs this year, Cubs-Indians was the best possible World Series matchup.
0: What's your thought?
1: Oh, I agree 100%. From from the time that oh yeah from the time that that we really knew who was going to be in the playoffs I was hoping for a Cubs Indians it might just be because I picked the Indians to go to the World Series but I just I thought those two teams were so evenly matched I like the Indians pitching even though half of it was injured when the playoffs started but I just I I wanted to see these two teams and they sure they certainly didn't disappoint.
0: I I'm going to say shenanigans because I'm guessing the, the the fan bases of the other teams would disagree. Well, certainly, and, and, but I think Dodgers Red Sox would have been epic. I'm, you know, the fact that the Cubs Indians was a great storyline. It had a great backstory, both the you know the longest routes, and it was a terrific series. But you know, would would it have been any better than Dodgers Red Sox? I, I'm not sure. Uh, Mets-Red Sox rematch would have been pretty interesting. You know, yeah. all that great pitching against those good young hitters. So, I don't know. I, I say shenanigans. Maybe it would have been. We'll never know.
1: Last but not least, the Edmonton Oilers hot start is the biggest surprise of the NHL season so far.
0: I think I agree. I You know, and we all knew Connor McDavid was going to be great, but, I mean, he's making the players around him mm-hmm. pretty great, too. Um, Talbot's been terrific in goal. But as much as I want to, I, I do agree, I, I think that is, I, the Edmonton Oilers start is the biggest surprise. But I'll tell you, the reason I'm hedging is because the Rangers, they're, the way they've been playing, I mean, they've been lighting it up. I, I I, didn't think they'd be as good as they've shown so far. I thought I was being extremely optimistic just make
1: predicting them to be a wild card team in the playoffs, but I mean, they have looked outstanding. The real weakness on that team is the, the defense, but the offense is covered for that so far. But, uh, I agree. I think they, that the Oilers are the biggest surprise. Um, they've been the butt of jokes for so long and we just kind of expect them to be bad. They keep picking first in the draft and it doesn't do anything to improve their status. But, um, They finally figured out how to play at least sort of adequate defense, I guess, enough that their scorers are able to focus on scoring, and we've really seen them put on some great performances. I don't think it will last. Um, Their underlying fancy stats numbers are not good. I think eventually things will even themselves out. But right now they're on quite a run, and they're a lot of fun to watch.
0: I want to get to you like that. That's – Hebrews 3.13 says, Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. It's a good practice to build one another up, to encourage, to, to praise one another. There's so much negative negativity and discouragement in the world around us. So we have this segment we do that we call You Like That. We take a moment to point out some of the good things that people do. And the reason I want to get to this is because Ben Zobrist of the Chicago Cubs he's very open and outspoken about his faith in Christ. He's also been on the winning team the last two World Series, and he was named MVP of this year's World Series after delivering the game-winning hit. Now, sometimes people view Christianity as weak, and they view believers as people who are not intense and competitive, but did you see Ben Zobrist, I mean, he's he's pretty intense. Meekness should not be misconstrued as weakness. As Ben Zobrist demonstrates, Christians can be intense, they can be competitive, and they can be successful athletes. They just understand that all things have their appropriate place in our lives and that success is never more important than our commitment to Christ. What I like this week is Ben Zobrist winning another World Series title and being named its MVP, and especially his openness in discussing his faith in Christ. Here's a clip. Here's a clip of Zobris sharing part of his testimony. It's a five-minute clip, but it's really good stuff as he talks about prioritizing Christ in his life. This clip is courtesy of Lipscomb University. Here's that clip.
3: I had accepted Christ into my life at an early age. I went to a Bible church. I understood a lot about the Bible. I understood the gospel. At a young age, I found out that the truth that I was a sinner, that God was a holy God, and that there was no way for me to have a relationship with Him without there being a righteous sacrifice in my place. And in the Old Testament, you know, they were sacrificing animals to make that happen to to, to be made right with God, and it still wasn't working because, regardless, that sin, you know, it it, it was it was constant sacrifice over and over and over again. But then I heard about the final sacrifice that was made, the sacrifice of Christ's righteous life and his blood on the cross and how that was spilt for me And as a young person. I accepted that pretty much out of fear of hell. I understood that when I died, my life was not going to end there. Uh, My spiritual life would continue either in heaven or hell. And I didn't want to go to hell. (laughs) You know, pretty easy decision if you believe in those other truths I just talked about. And so I accepted Christ, and so I lived um, with Christ in mind in everything that I did, but sports were so important to me. And what I didn't realize is that I had a relationship with God based on Christ, and I had, my faith was in Christ, but my life was all about sports. It was all about my activity, my sporting game that night. And, and what was I most emotionally attached to? What was I most in love with in my life? It was my sport. Whatever it was, whatever the season was, baseball, basketball, football, cross country, what, whatever I was doing, I was more involved in that than I was in my relationship with Christ. In my senior year of high school, I was in an undefeated basketball season with, uh, uh, my team who, guys that I grew up, grow up, grown up with playing, basketball was like my first love as a sport. So this was really more, uh, more important to me than baseball. And, and so we're in an undefeated season and, uh, we got the whole town following us to games. So, you know, basically, you know, that these small gyms that we're playing in are packed every night. And so you just feel, I felt like, you know, we were kind of Kings of the world at that moment, you know, in our little world, we were the Kings and, Um, there I was in this undefeated season and I was a starter and I was playing well and we were playing well. We were beating every team. Um, in the middle of that season, I started having anxiety and I had never had anxiety before. I I didn't know what it was. I just, this feeling of like helplessness, this feeling of worry, this kind of like, you know, breathing quickly. And my heart started beating hard and, and my mind started racing and I didn't know where, where, where was this coming from? Where is this worry and anxiety? I've always been such a confident person. A confident athlete um, you know i'm I'm just trying to figure out god what what are you doing here because I had a relationship with him I'm talking to him about it, but I don't understand why I'm feeling this way in the middle of an undefeated season and, and playing really well well, as I examined this more and, and I kept it to myself i didn't want to tell anybody because I always wanted to portray this confidence that I had um, there was um, I started understanding that I was thinking a lot about the future at this point. I was realizing, okay, what happens after this season's over? This is like the penultimate for me right now. This is everything that I've ever dreamed of as a kid, growing up, playing an undefeated season, winning a state championship. And I never thought beyond that. You know, I, I was so engrossed in my sport that I wasn't really thinking about the future from God's standpoint. I was thinking about just my sporting future. And and uh, the reality was, there were things to come, there were decisions to make, and there at some point there would be an end to my sports prowess. And um, it was at that time that God really kind of, I, I think He was allowing that worry and that anxiety to, to kind of cut underneath me and get, get into my soul a little bit, because I had always been so confident, and it, would, it was always so much about sports that He was allowing me to experience that success, but still realize that I wasn't at peace, I didn't have peace in my life regardless of the success I had um, on the basketball court at the time and it was at that time that he really broke me and I hit my knees and I and I said God you know what none of this sports stuff I, I I know that it's been on the throne here and I need to take it off the throne these are idols that should not be in my life right now and I said I I knew that praise God that I had people speaking into my life from the pulpit and from church and good friends that were saying, you know, um, talking about God all the time and how he he is where true hope and true peace is found. And so I I hit my knees, and I I went to, to him with that, and I said, God, I want to do what you want. I don't want sports to be this idol in my life.
0: Ben Zobrist, his honesty regarding his faith is what I like this week. Zach, what do you got?
1: What I like this week was Wayne Williams who drove 600 miles from his home in North Carolina to his former hometown in Indiana to fulfill a promise he'd made long ago to his father, who passed away in 1980. Williams and his dad were Cubs fans. Williams had promised his dad that when the Cubs eventually won a World Series, they would listen to the game together on the radio. His dad obviously has been passed away for 35, 36 years, but uh, Wednesday night, he made the 600-mile drive home to Indiana to sit at his father's gravesite and listen to the game on the radio, listen to the Cubs win, and be able to celebrate. And um, I don't know, it was just a really cool story. A little bit sad, but a cool story, and it really made an impression on me. So Wayne Williams keeping his uh, word, really, um, I really was impressed by that. That's what I like this week.
0: Yeah, that that's a great story. I'm guessing Wayne is glad it went seven games, though.
1: Oh, that was such an amazing series! I wish it could have gone eight, nine, ten games.
0: We'll be back after a short break. Please give a listen to some of our sponsors, and if you have occasion, give them a chance to earn your business. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program, brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions.
2: title sponsor of beyond the game is town and country pest solutions and they have been for the two plus years the show has been on the air but that's nothing compared to the nearly 30 years of bringing your homes and businesses of unwelcome pests and i'm not just here reading a commercial script for them i am a happy and satisfied customer they have taken care of a mouse bee and even fly problem for me yes my house is old and falling apart and i get all sorts of pest problems and you may too as the colder air creeping in starts to cause critters to seek shelter in your attic basement or walls if you think you have a problem or want to make sure that you don't call town and country they really are the best they guarantee their work and did i mention they're the best save yourself any more of a headache and money by giving them a call first Don't waste your time on other companies. Town & Country will do it right the first time, every time. So give them a call today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time because someone decided that 3 is the magic number, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God.
4: Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu.
1: You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal secure servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support.
0: Welcome back to the show. You found Upper Wisconsin's favorite faith-based sports talk show. The Beyond the Game program is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions.com. Got a pest problem? Give them a call, 585-426-5024. Whether it's ants, bees, rodents, that pesky neighbor who keeps blowing his leaves onto your yard, (laughs) Town & Country has your solution. All right, maybe I'm kidding about the pesky neighbor, but you got to take care of that your own. Town & Country Pest Solutions, 585-426-5024. So the Cubs won the World Series. What a time to be alive. Yeah. In our lives, we've seen the Red Sox win a championship. We've seen them play well in September. We've seen a championship for the city of Cleveland. And now we've seen the Cubs win a title.
1: Yeah, what now?
0: Uh, What now? Where do
1: we go from here?
0: The Cleveland Browns, you're on the clock. I've actually been asked in the last week what I think about the supposed curse. I've been asked from time to time because I'm a Christian what I think about ghosts and some of the paranormal reality shows you see on TV. Um, but this was the first time I was actually asked about a curse in sports. And I thought at first the guy was just messing with me, but then I realized he was serious and he did believe in a curse on the Chicago Cubs. And I guess the answer isn't as easy as you might think. Do I think this a curse specifically on the Cubs? No, I don't think so. But I wouldn't completely dismiss it because I don't really understand all of this. Uh, You know, to be honest, there's a number of things in the Bible I don't completely understand. Now, that doesn't mean I don't believe it. Of course I do. Um, But I don't fully understand it. I don't understand electricity. I don't understand how it gets from the power plant to my house, so when I plug in the blender, it works. I don't understand that, but I believe in it. We read of a number of curses throughout the Old Testament. You know, I, I know some of the curses still exist. For instance, God cursed the earth in, in Genesis chapter 3 as a result of the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden. That curse extends to today. The thorns and the thistles, the animals preying on one another, humans not living peaceably or in harmony with nature, that's all due to the curse that resulted from man's sin and rebellion. The Bible is clear that there is there's spiritual warfare that's going on around us. The very clear on that. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And just one verse prior to that, Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. There are forces of good and evil. And a warning in 1 Peter 5.8, to be alert from attacks from uh, dark forces, uh, the devil. Be be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I don't believe things were all that different um, from Old Testament days of Elisha. Elisha and his servant were outnumbered by those looking to do him harm. And as you might under, might expect, this freaked out the servant that was with him. And Elisha says, don't worry about it, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. 2 Kings Kings 6.17 says, and Elisha prayed. It said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man whom he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. You know, in our culture, in our Western culture, Things such as witchcraft and voodoo—they're not all that commonplace. That does—they—they they exist. We're just not. Maybe, maybe it's not as commonplace. I guess I said it was. Well Generally, the first time.
1: we just think of them as plot devices in a B movie type thing.
0: Yeah, but they are real. Whether you're aware of it or not, there's satanic cults. There's rituals that go on in other cultures throughout the world. Though it's it's. It's more open. I've been made many trips to the Dominican Republic and seen firsthand people who practice voodoo. And while visible spiritual activity may seem not to be as common in our culture, there are some people I know, including people in my own family, who have had experiences that can only be explained by the presence of angels. I absolutely believe in the, the spiritual side of things that go on around us again both in the good and the bad now do i believe in ghosts not as you think of ghosts i mean i believe there are demonic agents but i don't think you know your aunt lily decided not to go you know hebrews 927 says that is and and as it is appointed unto men once to die but after this is the judgment aunt lily ain't you know staying around because she likes your house the guy that uh, you know a, a construction worker passed away working on a particular building isn't sticking around because he died building that building. But I'll tell you, and there's some things that with mental health issues and, um, even regular, you know, physical health issues that we dismiss or we medicate away. I think a lot of that might be demonic things. I, I mean, I would say the spiritual warfare is focused on the souls of living people and not sports teams. I But if somehow that curse on a sports team caused a soul to reject Christ and result in eternal damnation, then I wouldn't completely dismiss it. You know, The devil and his army, their sole purpose is to keep people from coming to God. Here's the bottom line, and I told you I don't fully understand it, though I do understand some aspects of it. I know what the Bible says about it, and I know it's nothing to be toyed with. I know there's an association with Things like drugs and alcohol, there's a danger in occultic practices. I, I know that a Ouija board is not an innocent game that it pretends to be. Our culture has a fascination with the occult. Call it a curiosity, perhaps. Look at the number of TV shows and movies that deal with these sorts of things. There's a danger in that lore. And I, I you know, I choose to be careful and I would suggest the same for anyone. You know, just because you loathe The New England Patriots don't go out looking to put a curse on them, (laughs) you know. And and obviously, I'm I'm being facetious, but closer to home, people that have that are consumed by anger and hate for someone, it's you know, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that they would seek a a, a, to summon some sort of demonic help in getting revenge. Proverbs twenty six two is a curious verse. It says, "As the bird by wandering and as the swallow by flying, so the curse." Causeless shall not come. Basically, saying foolish curses have no effect. You know, foolish curses have no effect. And I would think a curse on the Chicago Cubs would fall in that category <laughs> to be a foolish type of thing. I, you know, I think it's wise to be aware of it. I think it's wise to know that there are spiritual things going on in the world around us. Uh, I'm not worried about my favorite team getting a hex put on them.
1: So you don't really think the Cubs were bad for 108 years because of a goat?
0: I don't think so. But again, I don't completely dismiss it. Paul says in Ephesians 4:27, "Neither give place to the devil." Here's the thing to do: just just stay well well away from it. You know, ultimately, for the believer in Christ, we have His Spirit dwelling within us. That's what it means to, you know, have Jesus in your heart. Part of the Holy Trinity of God comes to dwell in you the moment you place your faith and trust in Christ and make him Lord of your life. You know, furthermore, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I think it's playing with fire to mess with demonic things. I think it's brash and and flippant to challenge the devil. You know, I don't pretend to be any type of match Yet regardless of the spiritual warfare that you're involved in, whether you're dealing with somebody who is demon-possessed or you're just dealing with a particular temptation to sin, as a believer in Christ, I may not be a match, but I have a sufficient power to do, to do battle dwelling within me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Psalm twenty-seven, one. i I'll leave you with this verse. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I want to thank you for joining us. Actually, we got a little bit more time, don't we? I want to do this Frost My Fanny thing. You know what? Frost my fanny. You watch your language. Did that totally frost your fanny? Get off my lawn. Man, that'll frost your fanny. If your life had a face, I would punch it. That really frost my fanny. Easy, compadre. Did I just frost your fanny? As a matter of fact, you did. I want to tell you about this. We, You know, we've been treated this week to one of the best World Series in a long time. I mean, it was terrific. Quality pitching, good hitting, especially once the Cubs' bats seemed to come awake. You know, there was two teams that that aren't often in the series. They represented the two longest droughts in the game, and it seemed to me that these teams were enjoying the moments. You saw Francisco Lindor chatting it up with anybody he crossed paths with. <laughs> you saw shots of the bullpens that they were they were so close together that they're just chatting up with one another. The, 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 it went seven games, for crying out loud. And if that wasn't good enough, it went extra innings. I mean, this was a terrific series. So why do certain writers and talk show hosts have such a negative view on everything? I mean, come on, man. Allow yourself to enjoy this. One writer I know personally, he professes to be a Christian. Wondered who, he wondered going into the game, who was going to make the, the, the fatal mistake, the, you know, the critical mistake that cost his team this series. What? You're not wondering who's going to get the big hit, make the critical catch, you know, deliver the big pitch. Why are you such a downer, man? Where is your joy? I mean, it was an amazing series.
1: Oh, it was so much fun.
0: Yeah, enjoy it. Smile once in a while. Stop making the rest of the world miserable with your foolish articles. (laughs) Now, I've fallen into the trap of reading his articles just to find out whose fruit loops he's going to be peeing in. But uh, come on, man. Pick yourself up. Stop whining about everything. And enjoy life a little bit. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. Give them a call, 585 426 5024. Tell them Benson and Barletta sent you. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back again together next week, right here at the same time. Be great this week, everybody.